well, to put it plainly, this movie's about a man who wants to go to bed with a woman who is dead. We're talking movies. We're talking Vertigo, starring Jimmy Stewart, Kim Novak, and Tom Helmore. Directed by Alfred Hitchcock and written by Alec Coppel, Samuel Taylor, based on the novel Dietz Le Morts by Pierre Boulot and Thomas Merjack. Chris, for a man who has nothing to do, you certainly are a little busybody. Haha! <laughs> I thought you might actually steal one of my quotes again. So this time, I came ready with double trouble. Only one is a wanderer. Two together are always going somewhere. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? And tonight, we are truly talking about a classic film, the 1958 film Vertigo by the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. So, Scotty, 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 oh, Scotty, take us away. (laughs) Well, as the listeners of this podcast know, I am the novice cinephile when it comes to this. You said cinephile, right? Yeah, yeah, you're the you're the all out file. <laughs> but I think to capitalize this movie, or for saying that would capitalize it, is they really don't make them like they used to anymore, eh? Uh, they do not. They do not. Uh, I guess it depends on how you want to quantify that. But uh, so actually, why don't you qualify that? Yeah, I, I thought in terms of if we're just going plot, like having what three twists in the movie like each act had a twist yep and then it starts one way goes another goes another and i can see why this film has been one of the most films to be dissected by fucking everybody and then here we are 30 episodes in or whatever doing it ourselves and here we are uh (laughs) before we get into it too much uh are you do you watch a lot of Hitchcock? Have you watched a lot of Hitchcock? Get what's your background with Hitchcock? Well, you know, we <laughs> hang out. You said you <laughs> but in terms of that, like obviously Psycho. I've watched Psycho. North by Northwest I've watched. But after this movie, I thought I watched I had watched this movie, but I must be confusing it with something else because I realized I've never watched this movie before through it. And there's one I really want to see now. Like this movie got me Jones for Hitchcock is um, Shadow of the Doubt and Notorious. I want to see as well. Yeah. Notorious. uh, Isn't that based on the same, also based on a novel by the same writers? I believe so. Like, uh, well, not by the same writers, by the, by, yeah, by the same writers, Uh, Pierre Boulot (laughs) and Thomas Narjack. Correct. Um, Because I think Hitchcock tried to, he tried to option it as well, but he couldn't get his hands on it. So, is that no? Or are you talking about like Diabolique or something yes, like that? Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, yes, sorry. yes. That was the first one, and then apparently this book was written just for him to make it. Um, I read that as well, but no, like I was reading lists in terms of best Hitchcock, you know, just clickbait and notorious is this movie's number two as his best film ever made and notorious is number one it was number one on every list except for except for uh sight and sound like except for the like the big critic lists and stuff that's what you're saying because this number one well because sight and sounds list so that's the british film institute 
uh, Vertigo actually replaced Citizen Kane as the like the best the best film in a in a hundred years kind of thing. I can so, see why. So what you're saying is it's this may be ranked as one of the best films ever, but mm-hmm. what you're talking about is his best film. His, this exactly is- his best films, right? It was like top ten Hitchcock films or something like that. And and that's the thing with this film. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of firsts that happened in this film. 100%. This is the first this is the first film to use computer graphics in mm-hmm. a movie. Which is crazy. Yeah. When you watch it and you see that, even now you're like that must have that that whole section where they've got the animation and everything like that. You're like, wow, like this is fucking 1958 in a movie. Like, it, it's it kind of blows you away that they were doing it at that point. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. And then the thing I it, what it reminded me of the most. I don't know if you remember was just like the whole fucking selling feature of um, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, where Spock is going through like the warp zone, and it's just like the colors coming through and shit like that. That's what that whole opening credit scene reminded me of. Gotcha. Um, so, you, yeah. did, well, that's I mean, that's your opinion. I mean, I don't know Star Trek or Star Trek, so I can't even I can't even relate to to that uh, position or whatever. Uh, uh, okay. Anyways, but another first and was the. Contra zoom, or which also is referred to as the trombone shot. Are you referring to the dolly, the dolly zoom, the vertigo yeah, shot? The vertigo shot. Yeah. Which costs $19,000 to make. They had to, uh, cause they use it extensively in the stairwell and, uh, they actually, I think that stairwell was like, I don't know, 30 feet high or something, something crazy. Uh, so they couldn't actually do it practically. So they built a, like a scale model stairwell and tipped it horizontally so they could do those dolly shots. Yeah, it, which it conveys, it conveys a phobia, like pretty good, right? And as a person who personally is a fucking scared of heights, like it doesn't go up and down like that for me, but like I felt the fear. I felt the fear. And I related 100% to him. I think that's why his name was Scotty. (laughs) Okay. So did you like the film? Oh, yeah. Like, that was such a freaking Fargo. Oh, yeah. For sure. You betcha. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I did. I did enjoy it. And, like, I 100% adore the ending of this movie and how it ended. I would say that the last 10 minutes of this film are fucking mind blowing. They're intense. Like they're even, even to this day, they're still like super, super dynamic and exciting. And, uh, you know, you throw in some, like this, the cinematography in this film is, is fantastic. Uh, the palette he's using, I would say that vertigo is probably, it's probably one of the most beautiful films you could ever see to this day including some like high end black and white stuff and everything else. Like the, the color saturation, the use, the use of color contrast, um, just the care and attention that went in. Like I said, the, the, the camera movement, um, it is a beautiful, beautiful film. Unfortunately, it's slow as fuck. Oh my fucking God. Honestly, my suggestion for anybody who wants to watch this film is watch the first hour, go do something else come back watch the second hour i mean it fucking slogs on and all that beautiful imagery it's like i mean the imagery is like like a a moving painting it's beautiful i i can't i can't say enough about it 
But it made me, like, the pace of this movie made me want to put a fucking pistol in my mouth. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. You don't agree? I, you don't feel like I this, don't. this, I, this like film this felt movie... like it took fucking all day to watch? No. Um, I would say the... Not the first couple minutes, because when they're doing the... The rooftop chase was all right, but once that's like the like, fucking opening scene. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like uh, that was all right. Like the the one part I thought was slow was the close right after that when he's talking uh, about getting the brace off and like finally being able to walk and stuff like, like all that, that conversation with Midge, which who's played by uh, Barbara Bell. Yeah, so that I thought was like okay, like him playing with the cane and stuff like. All right, we could get rid of that, but the minute he meets with um Gavin Alster, yep, um and starts planting the seed of this woman possibly being possessed by a rela- uh by an ancient relative. That's Kim Novak's right? character. She actually plays uh, both roles of Judy and uh is it Madeline? Yeah, it's Madeline. Well, technically doesn't she just play Judy? Well, I mean, they're they're very different characters. Like, in, well, until Jane, uh, Scotty, uh-huh. like James Stewart's character, fucking changes her back, I guess, back into the other character because he even talks about, you know, did he did he make you this way? Did he, you know, did he, uh, what did he say? Did he train you? Did he convince you? Blah, 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 blah. So she's a construct. Like, the Judy character, uh, we never actually meet the real Judy, his wife. Uh, and again, I don't want to talk oh, about what's that Madeline's the wife. Sorry, Madeline's the wife. Uh, I don't, again, I don't want to give away the twist because it does have a lot of twists and that is where the power outside of the aesthetic is in this film. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not the only one that thinks this thing dragged out. Like I have, I have two quotes this week and I had to, because again, one is talking about like the, the visuals and then one is talking about the storytelling. And so Deborah Ross from the spectator said, the story isn't up to much. It drags and drags couldn't have said it fucking better like it just fucking slogs along um but like i said james uh uh, germs bernaldi from real view said from a craft standpoint vertigo represents the director in peak form and and it's true like it's aesthetically beautiful but it's way too fucking slow like it doesn't want to get where it's got to go those twists and turns are great but like the first hour that unfolding takes way too long way fucking too long like you could probably cut fucking 30 minutes out of that like the first opening act should be about 30 fucking minutes da 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 he's got vertigo this is the fucking mission have him fucking get and we're gonna even just talk about the predatory nature of this fucking dude but like get him involved with the chick right bang 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 let's fucking rattle this shit off which and i get it man like hitchcock wanted to do his thing he's fucking old for hitchcock like obviously he's he's a fantastic uh director and stuff but like this thing when it came out it didn't do so great like people didn't love it it's only been over the years that this thing has picked up steam anyway go ahead jump in there all right well what i was gonna say in terms of um the pacing but the first half it like to me this this movie was all about obsession it is first, absolutely the, the first half is the obsession of whether or not the supernatural is real. The second half becomes the obsession of recreating your past and recreating technically a woman to, to be what you want. Okay, here, I got to, and I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Do you not think that the second half, so the second and third acts, 
go at a really great pace. Like they just, they kind of unfold. You're kind of really in like things. He also still starts to really ratchet up the fucking crazy with her. Like there's, there's lots of driving scenes. There's lots of like out and about scenes. Uh, Again, like he as a character gets like super, super demanding. Like, do you not feel like that second hour has a lot more like drive in it? Like, would you not agree? Like that pace feels a little better. but you you don't get there without the beginning, right? That doesn't like, mean the fucking beginnings. You can be obsessive <laughs> without without being slow. You know what I mean? Like, example, like his acrophobia or whatever it's called, like the actual. Yep, that causes like, his Virgo. Oh, sure, um, like that is in reality only mentioned at the beginning, and then at the end. That's right? correct. So it's not really. Well, doesn't like, it also get mentioned in the, what is that? Like a mock trial? The, the coroner report or yeah, whatever. Yeah yeah. 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 Sure. But that was just kind of, yeah, that's closer to the end in terms of your pace though too. Right. Cause that last little bit is what the, well, it's, it's in the second, it's hour. in the second half. It's in the second. Well, it'd be in the, the second third hour, act. right? Yeah. yeah. It's in the third act. So, but the one thing that I appreciated so much at the beginning was, um, and I'm going to give a shout out to it was production manager, Frank coffee. Okay. The details on that sets, right? Like if you, you watched like his couch in his apartment doesn't have legs. So it's closer to the ground, right? His blinds are always kind of pure, like kind of closed. So he can't see out in terms of his height. Like, like, I, like I, I absorbed every detail that I could see in terms of that he was doing in terms of the production set. You can see why like um, Hitchcock was a master and stuff like that. Like, and then as the film went on, right, his little phobias were, were starting to loosen, right? Cause he found a new obsession in terms of, instead of his fear of heights being his obsession was, you know, this woman. Wow, man, yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a really good takeaway. Uh, I mean, you got way more out of that uh, than I did. Clearly, I don't know if that's from research or just watching, but uh, no, it was just watching because I always thought it was super weird that he was so low to the like at the beginning when he like saved her, quote unquote, right from the thing that he was so low to the ground when he threw the pillows to her to sit down by the fire. I'm like, why the fuck is he like? <laughs> It looks like he's hunching, <laughs> but he's supposed to be sitting on the couch. And then when I rewound it a little bit, and that's when I noticed that, like, the the couches didn't have any legs on it. They were just, like, put down. Hmm. Uh, that, I mean, that, that might explain, like, why it got nominated for an Oscar for Best Art and Set Direction uh, as well. And, I mean, it's got a crazy amazing score as well, right? Uh, <laughs> it's got a great sound to it and stuff. Cause, so those are the two Oscar nods it's got. So... Let's talk about Hitchcock for a bit here. So Alfred Hitchcock, he's been now was nominated five times for best director. He's never won an Oscar for best director. Well, he's never won an Oscar period. I was going to say, I don't think he's going to win one now. Well, it's just crazy (laughs) to think like you you would assume that he had won at least one. Uh, He didn't even win his BAFTA. I mean, he's, he's a British filmmaker. Uh, He won the fellowship award, which is basically like their lifetime achievement award. But like the stuff that this, like most people know these films, Psycho, the Birds, mm-hmm. North by Northwest, Rear Window, uh, even Dial M for Murder, I think, are, are all probably big, big um, 
big films that uh, like everybody knows. Uh, I actually watched Rope right after, which comes from I think like 1949, 1947. Uh, play which he did. What's that? Is Rope the play? Yeah, it's an adaptation of the play, uh, and it's got Jimmy Stewart in as well, or James Stewart in as well, right? And uh, the cool thing about Rope, not to that one. So Rope's a lot shorter; it's about an hour and a half. Uh, and one of the classic things with Rope is it it basically looks like one continuous shot throughout the film. Uh, and then when you do some research, you find out like how they did. It, it's not actually one continuous shot, but the camera constantly is just following people around in and out of rooms and stuff. And it's it's a very dynamic film, and that shorter pace. Uh, I, I found it thoroughly enjoyable. I mean, especially after um, the snooze fest that was Vertigo. It's not as it's not as beautifully aesthetic as Vertigo, but it's a very cool film. Like I'd recommend recommend for anybody uh, to take the like ninety minutes or whatever and go watch Rope and really watch the way the camera moves around. It's pretty cool. Um, but I mean, he's no, a, he's a, go ahead. Sorry, what were you saying? I was gonna say since you mentioned um, Jimmy Stewart, um, the also first from this film was the first time Hitchcock actually referred to his man his leading man as being too old to be a love interest because this movie only broke even in the box office and yeah this yeah was he, the blamed, last time, he blamed him yeah this was the last time they ever worked together uh it was that because like the studio forced them forced him on him or what jimmy stewart yeah like he didn't no, have to work he, with them they always worked together yeah, but like I mean, he, he was could... a freaking collaborator, right? Well, yeah, they worked on a, a bunch of stuff together, but I mean, um, he, he worked on re- well, I mean, he did Rear Window with them. What is it? Anatomy for Murder, uh, a couple other films. Oh, he was in Rope. Um, but I mean, he could have picked somebody else. He didn't have to take Jimmy Stewart. I just thought maybe you had a had a reason there in your notes on like why he was forced to work with him, or if he just chose to and then blamed him for poor box office sales. No, I think, it, well, he, he blamed his age being 49 years old, that he was no longer believable as a, a romantic interest. Maybe. I mean, Kim, Kim Novak looked really good in that film. Actually. So did Barbara Bell. She looks super cute, man. Like yeah. I love her character. She's like, kind of like the, 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 the comic, the comic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? Like comic relief. She's yeah. She's comic relief. She's not crazy funny, but she's kind of like witty and like that whole conversation about like the bra that she's like uh, doing the graphic design for or whatever. I mean, she did. Uh, they like. I think all three characters were well cast. I think Jimmy Stewart did fine. Um, and I mean, this guy is like James Stewart. So he's got an Oscar, four Oscar nominations, two BAFTA nods. Uh, he was in huge films like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Philadelphia Story. It's a wonderful life, which I, I feel like is like a favorite movie of yours because you love family shit. Uh, the Glenn Miller story, obviously Rear Window. <laughs> um, did you know that he's like a crazy war hero as well? No. Okay, so check this out. This is I've got like a bit of like a breakdown on his war record from the Second World War. So Jimmy Stewart was the or James Stewart was the first major movie star to enlist in the Second World War. He flew, he flew B-24 Liberators over Nazi Germany. He was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross, the French Croix de Guerre with Palm, uh, the Air Medal with three Oak Leaf Clusters, the United States Air Force Distinguished Service Medal. By the time he retired, he was a Reserve Brigadier General. He flew, B-50, he, he flew in a B-52 mission over like, during the Vietnam War. Uh, and sadly, his stepson, Ronald, was actually killed in Vietnam as like a second lieutenant at age 24. But I was just like, I was reading this guy's like military record. And it's like, you think of like Hollywood people trying to like avoid 
combat, but uh, a lot of them actually went and fought, or some filmmakers. There's actually a really good Netflix uh, documentary called uh, Five Came Back, and it's about five big-time Hollywood directors that went and basically made films uh, for the U.S. Army and the U.S. Navy and stuff like that during the Second World War. Um, so it was kind of cool to see this guy. Like, he, he was in the shit, man. Like, he was flying, uh, like, combat missions over Germany uh, even at a time when he was, like, probably one of the biggest stars in the world. So I think that's uh, super impressive to me, even if he was a fucking Republican. <laughs> like, how the fuck do you throw <laughs> politics into that? But... Oh, now do you have a favorite Hitchcock yourself? Like I said, I do like rope. I mean, or actually, let me ahead, let me ahead, ask you ahead. a different question. Who would you say modern day would be a replacement for Hitchcock? Oh, uh, that's that's a tough question, man. Uh, I don't because a I don't watch a lot of thrillers. I mean, um. And I think some directors have done those types of things, like like Seven. Seven's kind of got that neo, neo noir, uh, Hitchcockian feel, and is that was that Soderbergh or is that uh, Finchner? That's Finchner. Um, I you could say like Shyamalan sometimes. He's kind of like creepy and weird. I don't know. You why don't you? I would say yeah. I would say early M Night. Early M Night would be David Fincher as well, right? You got Seven. You got Zodiac. Um, and that's the thing. It's about all different genres as well. Right. But then again, those guys aren't necessarily playing with the camera the way like, like a Sergio Leone later did, or so like Tarantino and stuff like that. The the thing with Hitchcock is like, he, he like, he births a lot of other filmmakers out of him. You know what I mean? Even like, um, Scorsese and stuff, you know, like he was, he was a master filmmaker, um, and a lot of that, I would say that, like, he works, for example, so his director of photography, Robert Burke, uh, who's got an Oscar uh, and three Oscar nods, he worked with him on The Birds, North by Northwest, Rear Window, To Catch a Thief, um, M for Murder, Strangers on a, on a Train. So, like, he, had, he worked with, like, the same cinematographers fairly often, so they had a really great working relationship. But I would even say that because... So his editor on um, Vertigo, George Tasami, who is actually probably consi- he's considered one of the best editors in history. Um, he also had a had an Oscar no- nomination for North by Northwest. He worked on Psycho, The Birds, North by Northwest, Rear Window, To Catch a Thief. He worked on the original Cape Cape Fear in um, the 1962 version. So you've got a cinematographer, an editor, and a director all working together on a lot of classic films. And so you get in a really good groove. You know what I mean? Um, but my favorite, uh, I mean, I really like Psycho. I, but, I mean, I think that's an easy answer. Uh, and I, like I said, I, I like Rope. I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, I, I need to probably spend some more time um, with, with even some of the films that you mentioned. Because he's, the guy's got, like what, like 50, 60 films or something like that? Like, he, the guy was turning out, like, one or two films a year for a long period of time. Plus, he even went and did his, like, he had his Alfred Hitchcock Presents on TV as well, right? So. Who? Alfred Hitchcock. Pilot. Sorry? Yeah. No, no. I was going to say who in the pilot of that show was actually supposed to play um, Kim Novak's character. She ended up in Psycho as the who? second lead. Janet Lee? 
not Janet Lee, the other one, her sister, the one that played her sister. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, well, Kim Novak still ended up being. I think she did a couple episodes of uh, of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Anyway, so reading about this, there was in terms of the ending itself. Um, did you read about the alternate ending that was? Are you filmed? are you talking about the one where I think they're like sitting, just like looking at the window? Uh, imagine him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dakota. Now, do you appreciate it more the way it is now or with that? Oh. Or would you like, do you like, that would have been better? Okay, so uh, I think that the newer ending is the less, the least one I want. The current ending, I would say, is number two. And the ending from the book, when I looked into the book, in the book, when he finds out that he's been, like, tricked, he fucking strangles her and then turns himself into the police. And I'm like... That's that's the ending I would have gone with. But I, I could see why Hollywood was not going to have Jimmy Stewart fucking, you know, strangle Kim Novak and then, you know, become a criminal. Don't you think? Well, my impression of the ending. You think she he didn't throw her out the window. That's how I got it. I think. OK, I could see how you could get that. I think that there's some ambiguity. Like you have you have the the figure come up thinking it's the, the that's, ghost. Oh, that actually. whole scene is so good. That's so good. Uh, when that, when that nun, like that kind of like, you just see the like backlit shadow or whatever come up out of the, out of the hallway. And then and she's then like, you hear ah! her say, I, well, you hear her say, um, you hear her say, I hear voices, the nun. And that's when you hear, ah, the nun talk. She goes, I hear voices. And then you hear the, ah, and then it's gone. So you think he pushed her? I think it's a possibility. That's still not as vi- that's still not as like uh, visual as like his hands like wrapped around her throat, being like. Because mm-hmm. uh, just imagine that end scene. Because that would have been the second time somebody fell out of there that he was there that he had to explain himself uh, to the. I top. know. I don't know I, how he's getting. I, I don't know how he's getting away with that one. Like I also didn't do anything this time either. <laughs> I could not save her. Um, but yeah, all in all, like, I think, I think Vertigo is, like I said, it's, it's a really beautiful picture. It's fucking slow. Uh, I, I would def- definitely recommend it for people to like watch it. Uh, but just like, don't be turned off because of like what I'm saying. Uh, watch it with a bit of a grain of salt. Like, even if you don't feel you're super entertained, take a break, go do something else, but come back. And like, I guess I would say is like, make sure you stay, if you're not being entertained by it. Only watch it in sections that can keep you entertained or focused enough to really appreciate the beauty of it. And this isn't, it's not going to be hard, like in the sense of it's like, you're not going to have to be like, oh, I see what they did with that camera. It's, it's fucking obvious, man. Like the zooming in on the paintings, the, the use of like red and green. And it's, it's fucking cool. It's very, very cool. Just, uh, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to blow your fucking hair back. It ain't, it ain't Top Gun. Okay. <laughs> trust me it ain't <laughs> and that's why this is what it's ranked what 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 is it ranked number one you said so sight and sound so uh afi's got it number nine so it's the american film institute and mm-hmm. sight and sound had it beat oh. out citizen kane and it is number one and i mean rotten tomatoes uh the audience has it at a 94 oh. and critics have it at a 93 so clearly i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about no no i, I think i think a lot of people here realize that uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, in terms from, of, just 
uh, I had to just just because like I had to put a disclaimer in a in our in our la- in our last show when I uploaded it. Uh, so the film that Tarantino had worked on the uh, 16 millimeter, uh, I kept calling it my best friend's wedding. It's my best friend's fucking birthday. Like I don't know. I just kept repeating it over and over. So if you listen to last week's episode, it's my best friend's birthday, and I'm supposed to be the Tarantino guy, but I'm a fucking idiot. So anyway, sorry. I, I realize now that I've been I've been saying Jimmy Stewart the whole time instead of James Stewart. Yes, it's James Stewart. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I've been doing that too. But um, but yeah, I would highly recommend this film. Definitely check it out. Uh, it's super. Uh, it's super beautiful. I know that's all yeah, I got. I, I would agree. It's it is orgasmic. And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. That's crazy, Scott. Like, I thought I was like, oh man. Scott's gonna fucking hate me for making him watch this movie. And you super. You, you I'm really the one. That, I'm the one. I'm the one that picked it. You picked Rear Window. Uh, yeah, but I mean, originally when we had talked about it, like last year, I think, like when we were first designing. Yes, podcast, yes, yes. Whatever, right? so, you wanted. I picked uh, North by Northwest. That's I'm, right. Which I, I mean, North by Northwest is also a great Hitchcock one. Uh, this is probably, again, my with my limited knowledge of Hitchcock, I would say this is one of his slower films. Uh, but man, it looks good. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.